Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery, and I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, we have Executive Vice President of Bosman Enterprises, Mrs. Lisa Pace. How are you doing today, Lisa? I am doing so great, Ray. It's great to be on. All right. Well, I wanted to bring you on to really learn more about your role as the new Executive Vice President here at Bosma and to talk about transportation and how you navigate different airports and new surroundings when you're out and about really lobbying and advocating for the rights of individuals who are blind or visually impaired. So how's your day going so far, Lisa? I am doing great. I was off last week for the Thanksgiving holiday. So I'm I'm very excited to be back to work and sort of getting getting back onto my normal schedule. How was your um, Thanksgiving holiday? My Thanksgiving was fantastic. I spent a lot of good time with family and friends that I hadn't seen in a while. So it was very nice for us to all get together and uh, had some really great food. Yeah, ditto, ditto. Great time, great time to be with family, friends and eat, eat, eat. And I did lose, lose, lose. So <laughs> <laughs> That is it, exactly. That's it. So Lisa, I wanted to bring you on the podcast, like I said, just to learn more about your new role. So when did you uh, actually get introduced to Bosma Enterprises? I came to Bosma Enterprises as a volunteer in 2008. I had left my first career in bank and finance management 10 years previous and didn't think I could work anymore after losing the majority of my vision, but some situations in my life had changed and I was in a place where I wanted to serve others, but also in the back of my mind, see whether there was anything I could do to contribute to others and to the workforce. And so came to Bosma just trying to find my way through that and a match was made. Yeah, definitely. So now you're the uh, executive vice president. Talk about your new role and uh, what are some of your responsibilities as the EVP? I have had 13 roles uh, since I've been here at Bosma Enterprises and have have progressed uh, through the company. And this new role is, is a newly minted role for Bosma Enterprises. And as the executive vice president, I am responsible for all of the departments that are externally facing. That includes programs. So our great programs team, I get to work with them. I also uh, work with the marketing PR and communication team, customer service, business development and sales. And then I continue to work extremely closely with Jeff Mittman, our CEO on public policy, which is something I'm absolutely passionate about. Definitely, definitely. You do a lot of advocacy work, great work on that end. So definitely on that. So um, Lisa, as the EVP, you do a lot of traveling here, Washington, D.C., California. So you all over the map. Talk about your experiences when you're actually having to navigate through a massive airport like Indianapolis Airport and what type of assistance that is uh, offered to individuals who are blind or visually impaired. For people that do not know, I utilize a service called Airport Assistance when I travel 
from Indianapolis to a destination. And then on the other side, so wherever I'm going, I use the same service to get me to my ground transportation and then typically on to a hotel. So when I am on my way to the airport here in Indianapolis, um, typically on my ticket, I go ahead and disclose that I do have a disability. So oftentimes they're expecting me for that flight. And then airport assistance meets me curbside. They take me to uh, baggage check-in and then on to security and then on to the gate. And then when I get to the gate and it's time to board the plane, I typically use um, assistance to get on the plane. And then we do the same thing in reverse when I get to my destination. So it's really a super seamless process. Mm -hmm. it, I've done it a lot, so I'm really comfortable with it. Again, at the Indianapolis airport, it's it's great. Their airport assistance is, is very dependable. You can um, rely on it being there very quickly so that you can get to your flight. And uh, it's allowed me to travel independently as a professional. Yeah. One thing people may not know is uh, the, amount of, the amount of apps and assistive technology that is available for people who are blind. Could you talk about some of the apps like Ira uh, that may help you navigate a place like an airport? Sure, I don't believe that I've ever used Ira in an airport, although I know some people do and I probably could. I recently had a situation where I traveled to Anaheim, California yeah. and it's a destination that I hadn't been to before. So the hotel that I was staying in was very unfamiliar and it's, is a hotel that has towers, which is always kind of a complex situation when you don't have vision to try and navigate because oftentimes in most buildings, everything kind of looks for looks the same. And as somebody who has some vision, I'm relying on landmarks to kind of know where I am in space so that I can find my way back. And so this particular hotel didn't give me a lot of those cues. And so I did ultimately get up to my room but I started thinking this, this trip's going to be really challenging. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I might be stuck in this room and not ever be able to find my, my way out to eat or go to the conference I'm here for. But once I kind of, you know, talked myself down from that really wasn't going to happen. I started thinking about, okay, what are your resources that will, first of all, keep you safe, but secondly, will allow you to be independent and, and tend to the matters at hand. And, and very quickly, it occurred to me that I could use Ira, which I did. And it, and it certainly made that trip um, a lot easier. There are some free services that you can utilize um, that are like Ira um, that are equally helpful. But that particular trip, I used Ira and it certainly was um, a great experience. And now whenever I'm a little bit like, I, you know, I, I'm feeling a little unsafe. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the unknown. I know that Ira is there. And one of the, one of those operators can help talk me to the elevator, take me to the restaurant, can help me identify the people that I'm trying to meet. So it's it's really wonderful that where we are, technology can can really be your best friend when you're trying to travel independently for sure. 
That smartphone comes in very handy. I mean, sometimes if I don't use Ira, I'm going to use like Google Duo, FaceTime. Somebody I know is going to be available. So <laughs> <laughs> that is right. There's I'm I'm certainly Ira's what I have been using. Yeah. Um, it does come with a fee, but I I you always want to be careful with any service that you use to make sure that you've got them appropriately. But I have used free services for other circumstances and they've worked out quite nicely as well. So there are resources. And so if, if you don't want to stay at home and you want to get out there and, and, and travel and see the world, there are ways that you can do it. You just, just have to do it a little bit differently. So your first time, when you travel for, for your first time um, to a different city, were you a little bit anxious, any fears or come up when you was thinking about that travel, when you had to go to a different city where you knew no one there? Oftentimes, I don't know anybody on the other side. I mean, maybe I'll be at a conference where I'll ultimately end up, but there's not anybody to receive me like there would be if you were on a personal trip. Yeah. Uh, early in my career, I had a, in fact, it was the first business trip that I took alone. I flew to Philadelphia and did not have the best of experiences. And so that caused me a little bit of anxiety about whether I could really ever travel again independently. Uh, airport assistance did help me deplane, but then they took me to a place that they thought the ground transportation would pick me up. I let them leave me there and no one ever came. So after about half an hour, it, it became clear to me that I probably wasn't in the right place and I wasn't exactly sure how I would get back to get help. I was able to do it. I lived through it. I ultimately, again, ended up being safe, but it did help me understand that it's really important that when you travel, you have to make sure that you're putting yourself in, in safe circumstances. And so one thing I, I learned from that trip was they need to, an assistant needs to stay with me until ground transportation is in front of me and I am loaded into a car so that I'm not left sort of out there hanging. And so um, that's never happened again. And I would say that I've never, that was probably 12 years ago. I've, I've never felt um, the kind of anxiety that I felt on that trip, but learned a lot from that trip. And fortunately it wasn't so bad that I didn't give it another try. And I would say most of my experiences have been really positive. Do you find it um, that people are, tend to help you out when you're uh, traveling as a person who is visually impaired? People are usually friendly and they want to help out? I find that it runs the gamut. Whenever you talk about people, you're going to have a lot of different personalities. And so oh. you have people that aren't sure what to do because they've never interacted with somebody who's blind. You have the people that want to help you a lot, maybe too much. And then you have a group of people that don't really understand the capabilities of people who are blind. Recently, I had a flight on a major airlines and the flight attendant was rather insistent that she needed to assign me to another passenger who I did not know and that they would be my able-bodied person. 
in case of an in-flight emergency. So it did take a bit of education to help her understand that one adult would not be assigned to another adult, particularly against both of their wishes. And so I was able to, to push through my, mes my message. I had to be a little bit forceful about it. And I don't think anybody's, you know, maybe I'm naive. I don't think so. I don't think anybody's out there um, truly trying to be disrespectful. I think sometimes they just don't know. And so I feel like part of my job, part of what I do when I travel independently is I demonstrate to people that people are blind can be out there. If I can go through an airport alone, something that many people um are afraid to do when they have vision. If, if I can do that alone, there's not much that I can't do. Yeah. So how do you, so how do we turn down help? I know a lot of people do want to be helpful. How do you just go about being, you know, nice about, hey, I don't need your help today. Or how do, how do you, you know, just tell someone you don't need their help? So the biggest thing that I encounter is there are those people that want to help. So they're willing to give you an arm and want to guide you, but oftentimes they just don't know how to do it. So it must be intuitive to sort of push or move. And that's not helpful to me. What's most helpful to me is if I can grab your arm above the elbow and if I can position myself a half a step behind you, I can feel whether you go up or down um, left or right. And so when somebody's trying to move me or push and pull me, I certainly, depending on the circumstance, if it does, if it feels um, inappropriate, I certainly would be more forceful, but that's typically not the situation they're trying to help. So I will just say to them, hey, I just want to let you know, I really appreciate your help, but it would be more helpful if I could just grab your arm above your elbow, be a half step behind and explain to them why that works better for me. And of course, they're usually very receptive to that. They want to be helpful. And now I have told them how they can be helpful. So I find in those circumstances, but there are people who are well-intentioned, but potentially are crossing a line with being too aggressive where it doesn't feel comfortable to me. And so I always feel very justified in just letting them know in the nicest way possible that thank you. I really appreciate that you're, you want to help. I've got this. I I'm okay. I don't need your help. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a part it. of a, uh, you got to advocate. You, you have, have to advocate, advocate for yourself and, and there's sort of everything in between. And so Again, I use every opportunity um, that I have to interact in public to really demonstrate independence capabilities, but also this education piece. So were there any tips, tricks that you would give someone who's looking to travel independently for the first time, you know, anything you could do to ease their stress level uh, prior to them traveling independently for the first time? Sure. I think in, in reliving how I maybe could have done my first trip differently, if it's at all possible to take your first trip with somebody, but have them shadow you, have them be a, a, a safety net for you, but ask them to not interact with you unless you ask them to. So you sort of have that safety net to be able to explore 
your independence and what resources you have available, but also to make you feel a little bit safer on that first trip. But in the absence of that, planning is so critically important as somebody who, who's, who is experiencing vision loss. I have to plan out my trips. I have to um, allow extra time. And I think just that planning piece is probably the thing that I do most differently. But it's also knowing your resources. Again, technology can be your best friend. And so when I was in that Anaheim hotel room thinking to myself, oh my gosh, um, this feels really uncomfortable. This is really stretching my limits. I am here by myself. I knew that if I stopped and I thought about it for a moment that I would find a way that would, again, make, allow me to enjoy the full experience of the trip, but do so safely and independently, which is always so critically important. Lisa, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and giving us that great information, talking about your experiences traveling and in as long as you made it back safely, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> that is it. And hopefully, it. hopefully I learned a lot if I'm on a business trip and I had a little bit of fun. So you know this, Ray, you, you travel for business on Bosma's behalf. It's really important that we get out there and uh, again, we demonstrate to people who don't have experience interacting with people who are blind, what we can do and how we remain independent. And I think, you know, people like you in particular inspire people who have lost their vision to keep on keeping on. That's it. Keep on keeping on. And I'm going to leave it on that note. And once again, thank you. And then make sure that you are following Bob on all social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and definitely make sure you are subscribed to the Navigating Blindness podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.